Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> Never. Never. Wait, the eclipse is coming. Yeah. The end of the sun for three minutes. For three minutes. Well, this, wow. is you, this is your community spirit. show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit on your solar-powered community radio, 91.1 FM, WDBX. We wanted to remind people, ready or not, here comes the eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it's just like, um, are you ready? Yeah. It's like. I actually don't know where I will be yet for the exact moment of the eclipse. There's a lot going on that whole week and weekend, but I have to pick what's the best spot. Do I want to be at the the big NASA event with all the people, or do I want to be hiding out in the woods and well, <laughs> observe it that way? Yeah, we, well, you could come Sunday to the NASA event because it's Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll have a booth set up there. And so, um, I don't know. I was trying to think as a solar company, what do we do? <laughs> and we we're like, we could have an eclipse temporary going out of business sale. <laughs> yeah. Because the sun's going away. But then we're like, you don't really want to tell people you're going out of business. Yeah. Maybe you could have like a two and a half minute eclipse sale. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> but then you won't be able to watch the eclipse. You'll be, people will be buying stuff. Well, I don't think they will. I I would hope that they would be just, you know, actually (laughs) watching the eclipse. Yeah. (laughs) And then otherwise, we thought, um, contact us. We'll make you look at the sun in a different way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like. Like, don't don't let anyone block out your sunshine. (laughs) Just like. That sort of thing. um, Now. We are getting a, a decent amount of, you know, I guess you could say decent weather. Yeah. This is weird weather for me. This is unseasonably cool for this time of year. More hot days are coming with climate change. Our choices will decide how many. Summer, in case you didn't know, still has some time to go. But extreme heat has been a major storyline through June and July. Sweltering temperatures have grounded planes, sparked wildfires, and set records from coast to coast. These stories are becoming annual riots of passage as the world warms, and the number of hot days is projected to increase in the coming decades. Climate Central has developed a new web interactive tool that brings the reality of future heat to hometowns across the U.S., Simply enter the name of your city, town, or hamlet, or any place in the lower 48 that pips your curiosity to see how the number of days above summer temperature thresholds will change throughout the rest of the century. The interactive also shows how reducing greenhouse gases can help reduce the heat. Well, since we're in Carbondale... Yeah. (laughs) These Carbondale numbers are somewhat unsettling here. Uh, If... Yeah, if the current emissions trend continue, uh, Carbonale will have 87 more days above 95 degrees Fahrenheit by 2100, according to their projections. Now, if we make at least some moderate emissions Yeah, come on, cuts, 2100. None of us will be alive then, so <laughs> why should we care? Yeah, well, I bet Bedelia may be alive. You know, she'll be really old, but uh, she could be alive in 2100. But still, 87 more days. That's 
three months. Yeah. Three months above 95 degrees. Yeah. So then if they make moderate emissions cuts, Carbonara will still have 63 more days above 95 degrees Fahrenheit by 2100. Even with extreme emissions cuts. Yeah, don't even talk about that. We're, <laughs> we're not into Wait a second. There are some parts of society that are into things extreme. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to be extreme in your emission cuts. Yeah. So basically in Carbonale, we have a choice between either extreme heat or extreme emissions cuts. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like... <laughs> we get to choose which extreme we go to. There we go. Uh, yeah. So... We could get it as as low as 43 more days of above 95 degree Fahrenheit. So the, the news flashes, it's going to be hot in Carbondale in 2100. <laughs> the question is, how hot? And that's based on our choices. Uh, technically, that's not a news flash anymore. But I yeah. guess we need to keep talking about it because it keeps getting hotter. Yeah. We keep having more days that are unbearable. Yeah. Well, and that's sad to think about, too. Days like this are very pleasant. They're not all that unusual for summer it happens occasionally but if we keep on this warming trend there may never be a day like this in southern illinois like this may be extremely uncommon whereas now it's just a little bit unusual you know well because i was sick last month i for i what forgot to water my tomato plants and they've pretty much i mean there's like one of them i think have survived are they accidentally sun-dried tomatoes then <laughs> the plants are yeah, yeah. the plants yeah <laughs> I mean, um, it's too bad. Deba- <coughs> tomatoes don't work that way. It gets a little dry <laughs> and they turn sun dried. <laughs> well, you want sun dried tomato, but not a sun dried tomato plant. Yeah. So. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So another. Yeah. Here's a funny one. I, I started reading it. Go for it. Yeah. Paper trail. The Dutch, not that kind of paper. Not that kind of paper. Not the kind you think. Listen. The Dutch are building bike lanes from used toilet paper. Oh. What? <laughs> okay, please read the article because I have a really nasty image in my mind. Yeah, it's not as bad as it sounds. Okay, good. <laughs> when it comes to crazy world-saving initiatives, the Netherlands just can't stop, won't stop. We, we've mentioned a few from there before. Here's the latest one. Here's how the two-year pilot project works, as reported by The Guardian. A Dutch wastewater treatment plant uses an industrial sieve to sift through sewage and collect the soiled toilet paper, extracting nearly 900 pounds of cellulose from the teepee each day. That cellulose is then sterilized and turned into fluffy material or pellets that you can use to make insulation or bottles or, you know, bike lanes. Bottles? Yeah, I guess they're making bottles out of it, too. Better to be a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> they well, it must, could be. I mean, it is sterilized. Yeah, it's sterilized, so it could be anything. Okay, you're going to have to keep going. I still don't understand the bike lane. Yeah. So in the past, the wastewater treatment plant incinerated the dirty toilet paper. Because the Dutch enjoy using fine bath tissue, that meant high-quality fibers often went to waste. Toilet paper scheme isn't the only one, isn't the only way the Netherlands is using sewage for good. One company, Aqua Minerals, turns wastewater into calcite pellets, which are great for water softening and producing paints and ceramics. So next time you flush the toilet, just consider the possibilities. It's just like I want to think, I'm flushing down a lot of possibilities right now. Yeah. So I guess they're just making the bike lanes out of these cellulose pellets. Um, And that is one thing I've heard a lot about in whenever people consider how, you know, we're using wood to create these paper products. And it's kind of a waste because you just use one disposable product and then you get rid of it. 
So if you're going to do that, you may as well reuse the cellulose over and over again. Mm-hmm. So at least you're not wasting as much. There you go. You I could mean, also... I suppose they could just make more toilet paper out of it. It's yeah. cellulose. They, they could make more toilet paper out of it. They could make a lot of things. But bike lanes is a really interesting one. You don't, <laughs> you don't expect to be riding your bike along on somebody's old used toilet paper. <laughs> okay. Sun's up. The Navajo Nation is transitioning from coal to solar. Or like I like to say, coal to soul. Coal to soul. The Navajo Nation is transitioning from coal to solar. The coal-fired Navajo generating station is slated to close at the end of 2019, another victim of the boon in cheap natural gas. Now, to fill the energy gap, the Navajo Nation has invested in clean energy technology, specifically the Cayeta Solar Project, a 27.3 megawatt farm in northeastern Arizona. The project will provide electricity to 7,700 homes on the 2,700-square-mile reservation home to 200,000 people. Some of those homes will be getting power for the first time. The farm builds on a Navajo Tribal Utility Authority program, which began providing solar panel systems to residents without electricity in 1999. Wow, yeah. They've been doing it a while. Currently, the Navajo Generating Station employs more than 700 people, more than 90% of whom are Native American. Losing those jobs could devastate the reservation, but developments like the solar project could soften the blow. During the the heaviest construction period, roughly 80% of those working on the project were Navajo. And though a Tempe-based company is currently operating the project, the nation is working on plans to take over its management. The coal plant shutting down is, quote, forcing us to make a huge paradigm shift, Navajo President Russell Bigaye told PRI's The World in June. I'm getting our nation ready to make this transition, end quote. Yeah, so, so. now we're all, we're all getting our nation ready. You <laughs> He's got a smaller nation he's dealing with there to Going make the coal transition. to soul and using local labor in the process. That's yeah, big for me. That's big too. And that's big for this region too. You know, there are a lot of people um, who still have this expectation that coal is going to come back and arise in Southern Illinois again, but it doesn't seem like that's the case for even just purely economic reasons. So it's time to look to the sun and to look to other sources of income. So in other news we have here, Tesla joins effort to pair batteries with offshore wind. Tesla and wind farm developer Deep Wind Wa- Deep Water Wind, excuse me. <laughs> Just like that. I, it's Deep a wind, wind Water. It's a, 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 you know, that sounds like a better name than Deep Water Wind. Deep Water Wind, yeah. Because there isn't no wind deep in the water. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's current flow, but... Yeah, I guess they call it that because it's offshore wind. <laughs> so they're partnering with developer Deep Water Wind... And they're planning to team up to create the largest project in the world that combines an offshore wind farm with large-scale electricity storage. The company is announced on Tuesday. Now, I've heard of both of these separately. I've heard of an increase in the use of battery storage as a way of managing, you know, larger amounts of solar and wind going into the grid. Uh, And I've also heard of offshore wind being up and coming. But now they're going together. 
Well, the exciting thing I've read recently is they just rolled out or floated out, I guess you could say, the first floating wind turbines. Yeah. That offshore before they actually had to run them down into the rock into this you know below ground or below water but now they're actually floating them and you know they they run a cable to anchor them yeah but they don't have to worry about how deep the water is anymore they could just literally float them out there so yeah it can be as deep as, you as want. the water rises we can put more wind turbines out there to power mm-hmm. us yeah so this project called the Revolution Wind Farm would generate Aha, it's a double entendre. Yeah, revolution. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> things are really turning around for the wind industry. The answer is blowing in the wind. This would generate electricity about twelve miles off the shore of Martha's Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, and store some of it in large batteries built by Tesla. The company, not the historical figure. <laughs> <laughs> The project would have the capacity to generate 144 megawatts of wind power, or enough electricity to power 800 homes, according to Deep Water Wind. Now, I wonder if that's the really high energy... I want to correct you. You said 800. It's 80,000. 80,000. Did I say... Yeah. (laughs) 80,000. It's a little different. Yes. (laughs) It's a big difference. (laughs) So, maybe that goes to my question. I was just wondering if it's the sort of energy-intensive Martha's Vineyards homes, or... (laughs) (laughs) That's true. If it's low-carbon footprint Because they never really do say. I mean, they probably, you know, want to make it seem bigger than it is, so they go for, like, you know, low-energy average. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the exciting thing is if approved by the state, the wind farm would begin operating in 2023. And in case you didn't notice, that's – it seems really strange, but that's really close. Yeah. That's within, like, five years. Yeah. It is expected to be built next to another wind farm proposed by Deepwater Wind called the South Fork Wind Project. That project would serve Long Island, New York. The company's proposed Revolution Wind as part of a call in Massachusetts for new sources of renewable energy across the state. Well, this isn't across the state. This is out of state. Yeah. (laughs) Just like they're like, we don't have room in the state. Yeah. So they're putting it in the ocean. There you go. The state hopes to generate more clean energy to meet its climate goals by cutting the state's greenhouse gas emissions. Electric power plants running on coal and natural gas have historically been America's largest source of carbon pollution, contributing to climate change. Revolution Wind brings together two new industries in the U.S., offshore wind and electricity storage. The expansion and scalability of renewables depends in part on new ways to store wind and solar power, which today can only be used when the wind is blowing and the sun is shining. Big batteries are seen as a solution to that problem because they allow renewable energy to be used whenever it's needed. But part of that is we're going to, you know, as our grid gets smarter and smarter, the electri- you know, when we have an excess of electricity, what is it? You wash your clothes when the sun's shining? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you do more things when you have extra electricity. And yeah. so they'll notice, oh, there's a bunch of extra solar and wind on the grid and they'll the price of electricity goes down when there's extra. Yeah. And so factories can ramp up or, you know, you can cool your house down more or, you know, different things. Yeah. And then when there's a shortage of energy, you have to scale back. It's kind of like you're working with nature. (laughs) Yeah, working with nature instead of against nature. And, I mean, the thing is, is the more the sun shines, 
the hotter it gets outside, but also the more electricity is produced. Yeah. So it's kind of like this balance. So. Yeah, and it's interesting to see all of these new solutions being um, deployed and being combined with each other. You know, like there are other methods of storage, too, that we've had stories about, like the uh, the old coal mines that they're filling and emptying of water um, as a way of storing just with kinetic energy. Well, on small scale, we've been designing, you know, off-grid homes and hybrid homes for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the exciting thing is is we're now seeing this on large-scale situations. Yeah. So um, things that have been on the off-grid been being done for you know 30 years are now being utilized in large scale on grid yeah. to diversify our energy usage so i mean when you do off-grid design you don't rely on one energy source because there is no energy source that you know natural energy source that produces year-round so wind blows really well for three or four months out of the year in the winter Solar is, you know, 11 months of the year. But if you put a couple wind and solar together, they're a good component. If you have hydro, if you have tidal wave, there's, I guess tidal wave is pretty much on an annual basis. Yeah. It's pretty much. We may end up having our whole ocean just filled with tidal wave uh, <laughs> uh, power generation. And then in certain locations, you know, the wind is pretty consistent. And so you it's completely site dependent yeah then there's always energy conservation too and energy efficiency don't tell people to use less energy <laughs> yeah they don't like it they don't I, like it don't tell me what to do <laughs> yeah now one thing that happened for me this week is i have a little house which has a decent amount of windows but my kitchen itself has always been kind of dark because mm. you don't really want to don't put a window above the stove in the sink in my case, there's not really a place to. Mm. I just put in a solar tube, and the solar tube basically it's a natural daylighting that comes in. Yeah. And then I added to it a little uh, solar powered nightlight, and so the kitchen itself is lit up, you know, at night. Oh yeah. It charges during the day and puts out some L- with some LEDs a light at night. Yeah. And then it's you know, it's lit up during the day. I don't have to turn lights on to do stuff in my kitchen. So yeah, it's, that's a good idea. Yep. I've, and I'd say I probably spend more time in the kitchen. I like cooking. So I spend more time in the kitchen early morning and late evening, you know, with all the lights on than any other part in the house. Yeah. So then if you turn that into a more energy efficient situation, you've saved a lot of energy. That I did. That I did. (laughs) All right, so these these are some exciting holidays coming up. <laughs> Today is International Beer Day. It's also followed by International Hangover Day. Yeah, <laughs> I've just skipped right to that one. Okay, go back to yeah. now. I think those two might be scheduled to coincide with each other. There, uh, <laughs> National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day today. Also, U.S. Coast Guard Day. The Coast Guard's probably got to be on alert for all those International Beer Day celebrants. <laughs> now, National Mustard Day and Campfire Day are on the same day. But also National Underwear Day. Yeah. And National Clown Day. 
Oh, and so you're sitting around the campfire and a clown just leaps out of the woods. <laughs> oh, come on, no. I was thinking more like acting like a clown. Have you ever got those bottles of mustard and shot them at each other? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay. You have a chance to act like a clown and do that. Yeah. Although, you know, you shouldn't waste – you shouldn't ruin your clothes. It is National Underwear Day, so you probably should do it in your underwear. <laughs> yeah. It's also work like a dog day. It might be a bad idea to have work like a dog day and international hangover day on the same day. Or uh, international <laughs> underwear day. Yeah. <laughs> Just like. So uh, friendship day is on Sunday. Sister's day is also on Sunday. And wiggle your toes day. International forgiveness day. Uh, oh, I remember this one. Tuesday is sneak some zucchini onto your neighbor's porch day. I thought it was all month. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's all month because zucchini is coming in. And people will often plant more than they themselves can eat. So they try to give it to people. I wouldn't mind it. I, what yeah. I do is I just cut them up and put them in the freezer. And then I can add them to pretty much anything as um, roughage in the winter. <laughs> just yeah. like, it's like, of oh. course, zucchini bread. I don't know what it is, but I love zucchini bread. Yeah, zucchini bread's pretty good. Uh, Book Lover's Day is coming up on Wednesday. I love books every day. But then the next day is Lazy Day. Why can't they be on the same day? <laughs> Maybe it'll extend to a two-day Book Lovers Day. <laughs> so August is Admit Your Happy Month, Family Fun Month, Dog Days of Summer, International Clown Week. That's a big time for clowns. National Catfish Month, uh, National Eye Exam Month, Golf Month, Peach Month. No, Peach, Peach Month. month. There the you go. Cobden Peach Festival is this weekend. Yeah, so. there's a peach festival coming up. There's a beer festival coming up, too. Romance Awareness Month and National Picnic Month. So if you could couple those two together somehow, I don't know. Yeah, a romantic Maybe with picnic some peaches? with some peaches, yeah. At the, yeah, so. On a day like this, it'd be perfect. So let's get into these happenings. We've still got a few minutes left. Public Reception Locality. This is happening today at 5 p.m. at Carbondale Community Arts. They're hosting a public reception to celebrate the rich talent of Southern Illinois, presented in the exhibition locality. This will be on view from July 5th to September 1st at Carbondale Community Arts, Artspace 304. The salon-style exhibition highlights our region's artists and craftspeople of all ages, illustrating diversity of style, technique, media, and concept. The exhibition provides an opportunity to experience Southern Illinois visual arts in totality. Now, it's been go- it's this whole long period of display, but the public reception is on today from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Artspace 304. They are also open uh, for their open gallery hours Wednesday to Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and free and open to the public. Now, Fresh Fitness originally was just June and July, but it was so successful They decided to do it in August and September, every Saturday, 10 to 11 a.m. at Turley Park. The City of Carbondale and the Carbondale Park District are excited to announce fresh fitness classes will continue to be offered throughout the fall. Experience is not required. Please wear comfortable shoes, clothes, and bring a water bottle, towel, and or yoga mat. Um, a cash donation is suggested. If you have any questions or would like information, please contact Carbondale Public Relations Officer Amy Fox at 559-1939. That is Saturdays from 10 to 11 a.m. at Turley Park. 
Yes, and also coming up, we have the Back to School Bash coming up on Saturday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. over at Hopewell Church. The fourth annual Back to School Bash will include a book bag giveaway, food and games, dental screening, Southern Illinois pharaohs, identikits, and the miners, mascots, and more. They're located at 400 East Main Street in Carbondale. For more information, you can call 618-529-3975. Uh, sponsored by a bunch of groups. I heard about this through the Women's Center. And, uh, yeah, it's going on Saturday, 11 to 3. I bet they would still take donations, too. Yeah, this is great. They're helping out kids as they get ready for school. Yeah. I like the fact that it turns the start of school into excitement, you know. Yeah, it's like, school, <laughs> Yeah, let's have fun. We're going back to school. A lot of times kids get in the mentality of, oh, no, we have to get back to school. <laughs> but there's, there's fun in learning and there's fun in school. On Saturday, the monthly vigil for peace and justice, Saturday at noon at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. Monthly vigil for peace and justice. The vigil will call for reducing the worldwide nuclear threat by supporting the United Nations Treaty just concluded to ban the production, stockpiling, and threat to use or use of nuclear weapons. Signed by 122 countries, it was boycotted by the nuclear states and their allies, including the U.S. Appropriate signs will be provided, but feel free to bring your own. This monthly vigil, the monthly Peace Coalition meeting will follow at Cristado's Cafe and Bakery. Yeah, and I think it's good to note some of those numbers again. There were 122 countries that agreed that we should not have nuclear weapons, but then the few who do have them just said, no, we're not going to sign that. We're going to keep our nukes. Uh, Which is scary. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Especially on this next event helps highlight why. Uh, the Hiroshima and Nagasaki commemoration. Saturday, August 5th at 5.30 p.m. at the Church of the Good Shepherd. Hiroshima and Nagasaki commemoration with a potluck presentation on the effort to abolish nuclear weapons and a ceremony of remembrance. Because it's important to remember, we, we often think of it as this hypothetical threat but it is a weapon that has been used in real life against real people. By us. By us. And it could be used again as long as these weapons still exist. Well, we refuse to sign. Yeah, we haven't signed a treaty not to use them. The United Nations Treaty, yeah. Yeah. So this is a commemoration of of that event and also a uh, discussion. So there is, it's once again Saturday, 5.30 p.m. at the Church of the Good Shepherd. Labyrinth Walk. Sunday, August 6th at 8.30 a.m. at the Guy House Interface Center. The next monthly community walking meditation will be held on Sunday from 8.30 to 9 at the Labyrinth Peace Park, which is just north of Guy House, 913 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. Many Labyrinth users describe clarity of mind and feelings of peace, oneness with others, relaxation after their walk. If you have not yet walked the labyrinth, guides will be available to assist you and answer your questions. The public community labyrinth walk will be followed by breakfast and conversation at the neighboring Carbondale Harbaugh's Cafe. The Buckminster Fuller Covered Labyrinth and Park is always open for meditation and recreation. See the new website at labyrinthpeacepark.org. And if you can spell labyrinth... You're on your way to peace. (laughs) Yep. So continuing the conversation is coming up on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. 
This has been going on for a while now. Each week, a group of Southern Illinois residents meets on Tuesday night from 7 to 9 for continuing the conversation at the Newman Center, 715 South Washington in Carbondale. Their purpose over the past year uh, has has evolved from discussion to action. They are bringing together an interracial community, and they listen to each other respectfully, and are now... Uh, They saw strangers become like-minded comrades in arms, and they've built a community that has strengthened their understanding and compassion for one another. And That's every Tuesday. Every Tuesday at 7 at the Newman Center. And we've got time for one last happening here. It's the game nights. We haven't mentioned this one in a while, so I snuck this in there (laughs) since it's one that I attend fairly regularly. It's game nights at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights over at Gaia House Interfaith Center. In this high-tech world, sometimes it's good to slow down a little. Playing games does exactly that. It's at Guy House on Wednesday nights, and you can exercise your mind, visit with friends, and make new friends. People basically bring whatever games they like to play and uh, decide which game to play from there. It's a good time. If you have a happening you would like to happen, email them to us, the happening guys, at info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we'll try to announce them on the air. Otherwise, feel free to Put them on the WDBX calendar. If you go to WDBX.org and click on the calendar, you can add things to the community calendar, and they will be read by our DJs. Yes, and we often read from that Every calendar. Every 15 team. minutes. So. <laughs> yes. Thank you, and this is your chance. A weekend of coolness before summer comes back with a bang. <laughs> yes, enjoy the weekend. <laughs>